Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back for another week of the Max Potential Habits podcast. We have on an incredible guest today who calls himself the Australian real estate mate. Really big player in the real estate investment industry. He has an active role in over $90 million of investments. And what really attracted me to him and his story was I found him on LinkedIn and we connected and he was talking about coming all the way from Australia to build his American dream. And it ended up being through real estate. Um, you know, he showed up in the States with a negative net worth of 50,000 unseasoned credit and only $2,000 in the bank and has built a really thriving, successful business with, I believe eight Aussie, Friends, siblings, yes. your mates. Okay, yeah. so we have Bryce Robertson, and he's going to share his incredible history. We're going to talk about lifestyle freedom. We're going to talk about how to build wealth through real estate. Uh, we're going to talk about the challenges of building a business and what happens as you grow to those bigger numbers and really want the lifestyle freedom. Uh, he'll share his book. Uh, something that attracted me was uh, he I read in his book it's called 10,000 miles to the American dream and he talked about how T Harv Ecker was one of the people who um, wrote uh, you know a statement about the book and I was like ah oh, T Harv Ecker is awesome this guy and I need to chat and my community would love him and so he is on today so welcome Bryce to the Max Potential Habits podcast hey thanks for having me yeah totally glad you're here um, so, I, I, at first, I'd love to hear your background story. I know it sounds like a really powerful one. So, share with us how you came to the states. What you know, what brought you here, and some of the stuff that you've experienced along the way. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I'm an Aussie. I grew up down under. I came from Brisbane, Australia, and where I grew up, it's a very blue-collared sort of area. A lot of people working on the tools and having a good life that way. And uh, I enjoyed school. I went through school and I had fun, mostly like playing sports and all that kind of stuff. But then once I got to grade nine, I realized, hey, like after grade 12, I have to go to university or I'm going to get into a blue collared working career. And they were the two options that I thought I had. I had very limited knowledge at the time. I thought they were my only options. And it was really clear to me that I needed to be creative and I needed to be doing something productive. And so I leaned towards uh, being a blue collared worker. So I got a job as a welder actually, and uh, got an apprenticeship and then ended up becoming a qualified welder and steel fabricator within a couple of years. And then I went out to the mines in Western Australia and I started working the underground gold mines and, uh, you know, saving up some money. And I thought, well, this is cool, but this isn't actually what I want to do. Um, what I want to do is I want to travel. So I saved up a bit of cash and then I had a plan. I was going to travel the world for six years. Um, not continuously. I had to work along the way and this was how I did it. I based myself, I started off in London, I based myself there and I would work for, you know, say three months at a time, save up a bunch of cash and then I would go traveling in Europe and then I would come back when my money ran out. <laughs> and, <then laughs> and so I continued that cycle in the UK, Europe and Africa for about three years. And then I went over to Canada um, a little bit of a change in scenery. I lived in the mountains there and got right into snowboarding and downhill mountain biking. Um, and I continued to work the whole time I was there uh, for about two years. And I saved up a big chunk of cash this time. And then I took off on an 18-month surfing and scuba diving trip down in Central and South America. 
And that was in the last six months of that trip, that's where I met my wife, Tiff. Oh, she's my now wife, Tiff. And she's a native from California. So naturally we progressed to come to America. And then once I got to America, it became really clear really quickly that this is totally the land of opportunities. Um, I mean, the barriers of entry to get involved in business or real estate or be successful as an entrepreneur in America are so much lower than other countries where it's much harder to get a start. Um, it, it's, it's really, really amazing. Um, so anyway, fast forward and I, I didn't have the best situation. You mentioned it before. I, when I started out and I wanted to get involved in real estate at a net worth of negative $50,000, I had $2,000 in the bank and unseasoned credit. And uh, I wanted to be a mobile home park investor because I had looked at mobile home park profits and I'm like, yeah, I want to get involved in that. So with a lot of tenacity and drive, I ended up getting my first park under contract and three months later, I closed on it and became a proud mobile home park owner. And uh, I ended up putting that deal together using the power of syndication or the power of other people's money. And so I had other investors that wanted to be involved in a deal. They teamed up with me on that one. I did the work. They brought the money in. And, and I continued to use that kind of structure as I've grown and, and built my business over the years. So uh, fast forward from that, two and a half years later, my wife and I retired ourselves from our day jobs and we became financially free and were put in a position where we could recreate the life that we used to live traveling all over the place. But this time, not only does our money not run out, uh, <laughs> our money grows exponentially as well. Nice. That's everyone's dream, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I want to hear from you when you say financially free, what would you say is the definition of financial freedom? I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but what would you say the definition of it is? Sure. When, when your investments, uh, when your passive investments are paying for your lifestyle expenses, you're in a position at that point where you can choose whether you work or not. Um, you can choose how you spend your day. And that didn't necessarily for me uh, mean that I was going to stop working, but it's really, really cool to have that freedom of choice. So, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to work now or, hey, I'm going to take the next six months off and, and recharge on a few things. Yeah, that's, I, I think it's so powerful that we often, I think, have a fantasy of, you know, making a whole bunch of money, but that number is different to everyone based on what their lifestyle is like and what they really want to create in that financial freedom. You know, so I've talked mm -hmm. a lot to a lot of different people about money in their money world. And for some people, you know, that's millions and millions of dollars. And for some people it's less, it depends on what you want to create, but it's when, you know, exactly like you're saying that when the passive income allows you to choose whether you want to work or not. And, you know, for me, I, I love what I do so much that I go, I can't imagine ever just not working, but you know, it is nice to have the choice and the freedom and the flexibility to travel around and do whatever you want to do. So let's talk about that a little bit. When you talk about true freedom lifestyle, um, you know, for listeners who are in the mode of building businesses, looking for opportunities to build businesses, why did you choose real estate? And, you know, you said, you did the hard work to become a mobile home park investor and get your first one under contract. I'm curious what attracted you to that specifically. 
Sure. So in the beginning, you know, my wife and I explored the three main ways that we can be successful or, or create massive wealth. And that's the stock market, owning a business and real estate. And in the beginning, we tried our hand at all of them. You know, we were, we even got into network marketing and we, you know, we were playing around with some, um, some different stock market strategies and foreign exchange and looking at fixing and flipping homes. And, and I had my hand in about like six or seven different pots and, uh, it was exhausting. And I was having mediocre success in each of those areas. So I'm like, all right, I have to laser focus here. And it was really clear to me that I wanted to, it was going to be in real estate. Um, I mean, I had a, at that, at that point, I had a 17 year background in construction and, you know, real estate's tangible. You know, if things crash, I mean, real estate still exists and it's still got some kind of value. And, uh, and there's a million ways to make money in real estate as well. So, and, and my wife has a, at the time had a background in finance, mortgage and finance of about 10 to 12 years or something like that too. So it was a clear choice for us, but then I had to pick an asset class or a strategy in real estate. So I looked at all the different ways that we could make money and I looked at profit and losses and I looked at the financials and, and the risk to reward and whatnot. And I looked through a lot of different strategies and mobile home parks to me uh, just seemed to be the clearest path with the most upside. Awesome. And um, tell me more. I'm just, I'm so curious about more because for you, like when you're looking at different classes, is that the number one class that you invest in now still? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is the number one class I invest in still. And it's arguably one of the hottest real estate asset classes in 2020. So. Okay. You yeah, said you know hottest. What? Tell us it more. Cause I know, does your book specifically address the mobile home assets as yeah, building my- your, okay. Yes, I wasn't sure. I haven't looked does. at the chapters yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, the, the book was written by eight of us, um, okay. we co-authors, the real estate mates, and uh, we each had a chapter and we each have our own specialty in real estate. Some of us are in multifamily apartments, some in technology, um, you know, some talking about how to raise capital, a lot of different topics in there. And, and yes, my topic is on mobile home parks. Okay. Okay. I have a question, you know, because a lot of the listeners are either working a job and, and transitioning into entrepreneurship, or maybe are our full-time entrepreneurs and are looking for extra ways to diversify their portfolio and to build their wealth. Would you say that this is something that you can do on the side? Is it something you need to put your full-time energy into? Sure. Yeah. So there's two different ways to approach it. We can approach mobile home park investing from an active perspective, which is what I do. I actually go out there, I find the deals, put them under contract, negotiate, um, put the deals together, um, you know, and then I bring investors to the table and, and then we, we go through the ride together. And then I manage the park and oversee off-site, off-site operations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you want to be a passive investor, you can also invest in these types of deals as well because there's large deals and there's lots of rooms and a lot of room in these deals. And if I was to go out and just um, do mobile home park deals with my own money, I would never be able to grow as quickly as if I brought investors in. So we bring investors in to join the ride so they can um, take advantage of it passively. So if you want to invest in mobile home parks passively, uh, it really doesn't really take that much time. You just need to make sure that you understand the asset class, understand what you should be seeing, uh, understand what you should be seeing from an operator's perspective. So you make sure you're getting involved in the right deal with the right person. Uh, and I would actually urge 
any people out there wanting to invest in any type of investment to put more of an emphasis on the people managing the investment than the actual investment itself. Um, because a, a good investor can take a, an average investment and make it excellent. And a bad investor can take what would seem to be a really good investment and not really perform that well. Yeah, um, that's, but that's it, smart. Yeah. And, and if we're going to invest passively, it really doesn't take much time apart from getting educated, making sure you know what you want, know who you want to invest with, and then getting involved in investing. And, you know, we, we give payouts to our investors on a quarterly basis. On some investments, it's even on a monthly basis. And then we give out quarterly reporting. And there's not really anything else a passive investor has to do. But if you're going to get involved um, on an active side of things, I would cut out like an absolute bare minimum of 10 hours a week. But if you really want to like be successful and make big changes, uh, I would cut out, you know, 20 hours a week, 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, and if you're doing anything over 20 hours a week, then you're, you're opening yourself up for massive success. And, and I started this when I had a full-time job, you know, I was working uh, 10, sometimes 12 hours a day, sometimes seven days a week. And so my friends didn't see me for a while. Like I obsessed with mobile home parks. Instead of all of the other hobbies that I had at the time, I dropped everything, kept my fitness, I kept my, um, my day job, and I just worked, 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 worked on mobile home parks. My friends probably thought I was crazy. They're like, <laughs> what do you mean you're not coming to the football game? What do you mean you're not coming to the baseball game? What do you mean you're not coming to the bar? You're not coming to the barbecue? I'm like, no, man, I've got to take care of my future. And then two and a half years later, they're like, what do you mean you can travel the world for six months? And so, you know, yeah. if you put your head down, then you, you can get a lot done. I love that. Let's go there because, you know, this is ultimately a mindset and habits podcast for entrepreneurs. And I think that that's such a powerful point you're making is that laser focus, putting your head down and really thinking about the offset of pleasure in the moment to have the future gain. And a lot of people, I think it's why I love the entrepreneurial mindset so much is because people are willing to do that. They go, I see if I put in the work now, I'll have the long-term lifestyle that I'm wanting to create. So can you talk about that a little bit? What did it take for you, you know, to, to shift your mindset and go, I want to get really serious and laser focused here. Tell, talk to us a little bit about that. That's interesting. You know, I went to when I was in the exploration stage and finding out what I wanted to do, I went to a real estate investors meeting and you can go on Meetup and find them. They're in every city. There's tons of them. And I went to one and I'm sitting there and this guy at the front of the room is telling me that we can get involved in real estate deals. We don't have to have any experience. We don't have to have any money. Um, and we don't have to have like good credit or anything like that. We can just get in there do the hard work and team up with other people who have the money and the resources, et cetera, and not necessarily the time. So it's like a good match. And I thought, yeah, it kind of sounds cool, but it sounds a little bit unbelievable too. And then I was talking to the people that were sitting behind me and they were older couples probably like in their late sixties dressed in Tommy Bahama gear. They look like they just jumped off a cruise ship. And they, and I said, come on guys, like, is this really real? And they're like, yeah, we've done three deals like this, this year. And I'm like, really? And we got in a conversation and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then I spoke to other people in the room and I, there was like two other people in the room that had been doing it too. And I'm like, if these guys can do it, I can totally do it. And it was like, at that point, it was game over. Uh, like, I just knew it was possible. Once other people had shown me it was possible, game on. What do I have to do? I love that. I wish I was sitting next to you so I could give you a high five. 
Because, <laughs> you know, it's this thing, I, I had the same thing for me in coaching world, you know, and just like real estate investors, there's a lot of real estate investors and there's a lot of coaches in the world. And true, I know some coaches that make 20 grand a year. I also know coaches who make $15 million a year, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like when I went, similarly, I went to a, right when I graduated from um, my program for getting my doctorate, I was at this, I, I had the week after my treat to myself was to go to this event to look at online business building for coaches. And I was mm -hmm. there and out of the room of, you know, it was probably about a thousand people. I, you know, there was, I got to talk to enough people that said, oh yeah, I'm making six figures plus. I'm making seven figures plus. I'm making, and I was like, oh yeah, it's on, game on. I'm going all the way because same with me, when I see the potential for the possibility and I know I just need to focus and put in the work doing something that I love doing, you know, the sky's the limit. So I think that it's really important to point out for listeners, if you're, whatever industry you're in right now that you're trying to build a business, stop trying, start doing, dedicate, decide and commit. You know, like something you have that's really powerful, Bryce, is your commitment. You know, you made the decision and you took action on it. And two, I mean, really two and a half years is, I'm sure you put in a lot of time and energy during those two and a half years, but what a powerful payout. Mm -hmm. Like you've yeah. created the foundation of success for the rest of your life. And now you have that skill that once you become, I don't, I don't know what your, you know, what your long-term goal is for financial freedom, but once you learn how to do that, you can always do it again and again and again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, talk a little bit about some of the challenges you had along the way, because I think sometimes when people are highly successful, especially fast, I think other people think it's an anomaly instead of mm -hmm. really looking at how hard they worked and what, what their mindset was along the way when the challenges came. So could mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about some of the challenges you experienced and what you did in those hard moments? Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, challenges, that's, that's a really, really good topic because challenges in real estate or business in general, doesn't matter what you're doing, I can absolutely guarantee 1000% that if you're pursuing something, there will definitely be challenges that pop up. So you need to know how to handle them. And um, I was actually driven early in the stage, uh, my drive towards getting where I wanted to be wasn't so much uh, being drawn towards the goal. It was more being drawn away from uh, being stuck in the job that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't satisfied with my career. I was like, I, I kind of felt lifeless. So I was really motivated to have no more of that. And if I'm going to go towards that, then that's even better. So uh, in the beginning, I told you my, my uh, circumstances were negative net worth, $2,000 in the bank, unseasoned credit. And I went out there in the beginning, uh, total novice, and uh, I put on credit cards about $30,000 worth of um, coaching and training in the real estate space. Um, but I didn't really like source out where, who I was getting coaching with. I was just so excited. I'm like, let's do it. So I did it and I joined, uh, I joined this group and they offered a, a mentor who was like the best of the best, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, cool. Um, when I get a park under contract, I don't know how I'm going to get it across the finish line. I'm going to call my coach. So I called up my coach. No answer. No one was there at all. And then I'm, I'm sure this is not what you do at all. But. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so, like I couldn't get hold of my coach. So I had to call the organizers of the group and they said, oh yeah, well, like let's try and get hold of him. And then 
after a while, he ended up getting back to me and he called me up and he's like, Bryce, what's going on? They told me you need my help. I said, yeah, look, here's my circumstances. Here's the mobile home park. How am I going to do it? How am I going to get it together? And he's like, wait up, run that by me again. You've got a negative net worth. You've got $2,000 in the bank and unseasoned credit. He's like, you're dreaming, kiddo. You're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. Wow. Yeah. You're not going to do it. It's That's just interesting possible. coaching. <laughs> I'm kidding. He said, boy, like, why don't you just come back down to the group and do like single family deals like everybody else is doing and forget this whole mobile home park stuff. So I just like, my jaw dropped and I like, I hung up and I never called that guy back again. Good. I called back, I called back somebody else I knew who had been mobile home park investing. And he's like, you've got what kind of park and you could get under contract. He's like, dude, I'll share a contract with you now. Let's do it. Let's get this going. Um, I, nice. I just, yeah, I, I was so driven to move away from the lifestyle I was living towards the lifestyle that I wanted to live that it didn't matter. Like, you would have thought that I would have just gone, Oh no, what am I going to do? But that was actually really refreshing. When it, when my coach told me you can't do that, I was just like, you, I can't do that. Oh yeah. Well, let's see, dude. <laughs> let's see who can't do that. And then three months later, I, you know, I, I love it. Over, That's incredible. Over. And you, you, so what I hear in that is the challenge is dropping people who want to stomp on your dream. Oh, Absolutely. And like yeah. I had, we had to take inventory in the beginning and reduce the amount of negative people that we're spending time with and, and all of that. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Sure. Well, and even you saying no to your friends who are like, hey, come to the pub, come do this, come do that. You know, there's a lot of distractions when you want to build a business. And I, I, and I have a similar story in terms of, you know, when people ask me how I've gotten there so fast, I'm like, I'm laser focused, you know, like mm -hmm. I do not mess around. I mean, my company's name is no fucking around coaching. Like I mm -hmm. practice what I preach. It's like, I'm serious. I'm driven. I'm, I, I, I know how many people I can serve and help through my business. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going all the way. Like nothing's going to stop me. And you know, mm -hmm. there's been plenty of people that say, Oh, you can't do it. Or, you know, why are your goals so lofty? Or, you know, do you really need to be that successful or whatever? And it's like, it's not about that. It's similar to you. It's because I want the freedom to choose what I want to do every single day of my life. That's what I want because I used to live in such a prison of poverty that I created for myself that, you know, food stamps and all these things. I didn't, I don't want to go back there. Like I, and I don't want to work for someone else. I'm not employable, you know? So in that entrepreneurial mindset, it's like, decide what you want to do and go all the way and shut out the voices that are telling you you can't and, or use them like you did to go, I'll show you here yeah. I go. Absolutely. And because it's going to happen, people are going to be like saying you can't do it or saying you're wasting your time or they'll tell you a story about how their uncle tried it and they failed. And like, yeah. we could, you and I could do a podcast that would last for a year and all the reasons why we could fail <laughs> doing something, but there's, there's just no positive energy there that's going to do anything results in anything that serves us. Absolutely. You're so right. So a quick question. Do you work, does do you and your wife do the business together? I know you have your partners that you also work with, but do and your, you and your wife run the business together? Yeah. So we kind of meet together on some business. Uh, she essentially has her own business. I have my okay. own business. Um, and then, you know, the guys in the book, we've all got our own businesses and we do some deals together. Okay. But yeah, we kind of meet in the middle. In the beginning, and funny you ask this, because in the beginning, we tried to do everything together. Uh -huh. like her personality is so strong and mine's so strong. We both needed to feel like we were going to have our own like win in the beginning to make us like feel good about being entrepreneurs. And it had to be something that we were going to own. 
Yeah. And so like we tried to join in the middle, but like, you know, I wanted to do it one way. She wanted to do it the other way. And we kind of clashed, but then we had success in our own businesses, created financial freedom. And then we came back around and we, we ended up, uh, we, we do quite a bit of business together now. Harmonious. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, I asked because I work with a lot of couples and I think there's, it's some couples jive really well together in building a business and others like that. It's like, if you've got two really, really powerful leaders, sometimes it's like, Ooh, it's, there's going to be challenges along the way. Not that it's, it's not doable. I see it happen all the time. I like how you both were able to step back and go, Oh, let's build our own thing and then come back together and create the lifestyle that we want to create together. But something else I heard and what you said, that's really powerful. And it goes back to that idea of you calling another investor who was, doing successful mobile home deals um, or mobile park deals um, joint ventures the power of joint ventures because you basically just said you know your eight the eight people that you wrote the book with they all have their own stuff but then you collaborated on the book and I'm sure you collaborate mm -hmm. on deals and then it's like you yeah. and your wife have a joint venture in a certain way and I'm sure you're doing you know your whole syndicate is a joint venture partnership Absolutely. with lots of people so you know I think that's such a powerful takeaway for listeners too if you really want to take your business to the, the the seven eight nine whatever figure mark that you want to take it to you're it's it's not probably going to happen completely on your own you're going to need to create some joint ventures so can you talk a little bit about that um, how to align with people and and what made you move in that direction yeah. Well, I mean, it would like the first deal that I did wouldn't have even been possible if I didn't team up with other people. Um, and it's been like that almost every deal since. So joint ventures have been powerful and they've been a huge part of me growing my business and the joint ventures that I've been involved in have just kind of happened organically. Uh, there's been opportunities for me to have joint ventures with people where the deal seems really good and the strategy seems really good, but I just don't like if I, if I listen to my, my gut or like my core, I'm not connected with those people mm -hmm. uh, at a level, which I would feel ready to be in a joint venture. Not to say that uh, it wouldn't be possible in the future, but the joint ventures I've done, I've, I've felt, I've, I've listened to my gut and I've listened to my heart and how I feel. Do I really feel connected with these people? Because I'd totally rather pass on a deal um, where I feel there wouldn't be harmony there uh, rather than, you know, move forward and have disharmony because, you know, you can have all the financial freedom and, and stuff that you want in your life. But if you're not getting along with the people you're working with, then it's not going to be very enjoyable. So if, if anybody's out there looking to be part of joint ventures, um, don't try and do it because it sounds like the thing to do. Like listen to yourself and how it feels. Does it feel like, are these the people that you think that when the shit goes down and it more than likely there'll be things where the shit goes down, um, are they going to be there and they're going to work together with you or are they going to just like, Hey, I'll keep everything for me and protect myself and, and throw you under the bus. And you've got to like vibe that out and make sure you feel comfortable up front. However, um, yeah, the leveraging other people's teamwork is just so powerful, especially if you have opposing personalities. Um, like I'm on podcasts, I'm out there, I'm speaking, I'm hosting events, I'm a front man. I team up well with people who are keen to do all the back office stuff and all the analytical things and whatever. Um, doesn't say that I don't have some of those roles myself, but when you team up with somebody who has opposing strengths, then you guys can like, you know, you, you make the power of three people out, mm -hmm. of, out of two people. 
Yeah, so awesome. Okay, first I want to highlight, I think it's super awesome to hear from a real estate investor, the words harmony, heart, and listening to your gut. Like that's, it, it's rare to have a, a powerful business owner say those things sometimes, right? Um, and or it's rare to talk about it so openly because I think that it's something that a lot of people do, but they don't like to necessarily talk about that part. And you said vibe it out. Could you give mm -hmm. listeners a little bit of, uh, you know, some insight into how you do that? Like, what does that look like to you? Yeah. Um, well, let me go back to what I was saying before, how I joined this uh, real estate investment club that had mentoring and my wife and I put $30,000 on credit cards to be part of it. Like when we did that, my wife and I both, because we, we spoke about it later, we didn't speak about it at the time. We just signed up for it, which is really, really silly of us. But we, we, we reassessed things later because we were very dissatisfied with the purchase. And we sat down, we talked with each other and we said, hey, I remember just before we were like gonna make the decision to to actually go forward i had quite a bit of doubt like mm -hmm. something didn't feel right and like if i listened to my gut i knew that something was a bit off but i suppose maybe my ego or my enthusiasm or the desire to get that financial reward was like yeah like, like the reward could be so huge even if it doesn't seem a bit right i'm gonna do it anyway and my wife felt the same thing so from that point onwards, we made it very important for us to, before we're about to make a big decision, especially a big financial decision, we just check in with ourselves. And we just mm -hmm. like, even if I have to sit there and just like close my eyes and just think just on the one thought, like, is this a good decision or not? And if I just have to lock myself in a room and just sit there for like five minutes and just think about it, like, oh no, we know, we know these things inside us if we, if we just drop the reward and, and don't worry about the dangling carrot. Like, is this the right choice for you? Is it aligned with your inner core beliefs and things like this? I love it. That's so powerful. And you're so right. People, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the moment and, and I agree with you. Like we have those alarms that go off and, and they might be big or small. And the more that you practice, you know, I love the term you use vibing it out. The more you practice it and the more you listen to it, the louder it gets. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it used to be for me, I would make a bad decision, even though I could, I, it, I, you know, I'd have that doubt and I'd be like, Oh, I'm not sure. And I'd make the decision for a lot of reasons. Sometimes you know, hard to say no to people, wanting to please other people, you know, chasing the fantasy, those kind of things. And then as I started to realize like, oh, my body gives me a really clear signal when I don't want to do something. And then if I listen to that, then the next time it comes like in a split second, I'll be like, yes or no, very clear, pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it still gets, you know, it, it takes me a little longer, but I think that's a really powerful tip for people listening, you know, listen to yourself, take time to reflect. And then if you're partnered, especially when you're making those bigger financial decisions, check in with each other because you know you both had that same feeling and if you had talked to each other about it you know and then again I always think you know here you are today sometimes it takes us taking the leap and then get going in a certain direction and and you know I don't know would you take it back that decision if you could I wouldn't take that decision back because it allowed my wife and I the possibility to, to not make that decision ever again in the future. It was, it was yeah. so impactful that it's like we learned a big lesson. So no, I wouldn't take it back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, that's what happens. It's kind of like if you, and, and everyone listening, it's the in, in quotes mistakes, you know, we mm -hmm. often, the greatest learning comes from some of the biggest mistakes. Um, I, I, do you love to, do you like to read? I would imagine that you do. You wrote, you wrote a book. I do. Yes. What's give us some, some of your favorite books. Let's say two of your two, 
top three books that you would recommend to listeners? Uh, first book I would recommend is Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harvecker. Um, that that was, that was literally one of the most epic catalysts, um, for us to shift from the life that we're in into the life that we live now. Um, totally check that out. It's worth it. Um, two more books. I think the unbeatable mind by Mark divine is a pretty, pretty good book. Um, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, he's 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 a Navy SEAL or an ex Navy SEAL, and okay. he he really talks a lot about the mindset and how to overcome like seemingly impossible things mentally. Awesome. Uh, and then, but I, th- I think the third book, and and I read this recently, it's called The Untethered Soul. Yeah, love that one. Michael, someone I, I can't remember his and last I have name. It, it's funny, me and you, uh, Singer, Michael Singer. Michael Singer. Yeah, it's on go. my on my shelf right there. I love that book. Yeah. Okay. He, he takes a topic that could seem so mind-boggling to explain, and he explains it really well um, of how to basically just be grounded when crazy things are going on, or people are saying crazy things, or crazy events are happening, and how to be the eye of the storm and not let it affect you negatively. And and in business where there's a lot of challenges, that's been very useful and powerful for me. That's awesome. I, you know, I want to say it to listeners because you all, if you've been following me for a while, know my story of going from food stamps to six figures and. I, um, that the book, the secrets of the millionaire mind is first why Bryce and I are talking right now. Cause he said that to me. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in, let's chat. And then that book, it's small. It, I mean, it's, I don't know, like a hundred pages. Maybe it is one of the most powerful books I've ever read in my life in transforming my mindset around money. And it's, it was life changing for me. I really, I read it at the very beginning of this journey that I'm on of changing my mindset around wealth and, and that victim minded thinking and, Oh, get it. It's powerful. So awesome recommendations. Um, I'm curious for you, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've had in the last year of building your business? Uh, the biggest lesson? It's yeah. kind of a, it's, it's a positive and probably even like amusing one. It's just like last year, my wife and I spent the first six months traveling to 20 countries. And since we've been financially free, we hadn't had a trip that large and it was kind of a test. But interestingly, um, while we were traveling, everything grew and flourished and our business got even bigger and we released a lot of projects and got involved in new, in, new investments. And it, I, I, we proved to ourselves that the less we work, the more we earn. And so that was the biggest lesson for us. Um, I and then there's, there's totally systems to put in the place for that. That's awesome. I, one of my favorite mantras is the less I work, the more I make. Cause I, you know, one of my big negative money beliefs used to be that I had to work really hard to make money. And so mm-hmm. the more that I let go and allow, the more that I attract things to me instead opportunities to me, instead of feeling like I always have to work really, really hard for my money. So, you know, I'm curious when you say you traveled around for six months, how many hours a week do you work while you're on the road? What'd you say? Hmm. It really depends on what's going on because it fluctuates, but I would say on average over those six months, I would say an average would have been two days a week. Um, okay. But then that, there was some weeks where like I worked half a day and then there was other weeks where I worked like, you know, four days in a row. So, but yeah, okay. I would say like somewhere between one to two days a week. 
Okay. That's awesome. I like to ask that question because sometimes people, I think people can promote a fantasy of like, oh, I work three hours a week and I make millions of dollars and other people are behind the scenes. They're working 80 hours and, and promoting that. But it sounds to me like you really have created a lifestyle where you have an incredible stream of passive income and, and it's, it has created an, a really high level of uh, lifestyle freedom for you. Sure. So that's yeah. the power of real estate. That's awesome. Yes. So tell us, go there a little bit. Um, well, first, actually, I want to ask you, what are your top three max potential habits that got uh, you where you are today? Okay. Uh, number one, effective goal setting. Absolutely huge. Uh, in the beginning, I actually just focused on setting goals financially. And that was cool, but it didn't give me the rest that I needed. And so now I set goals. Uh, I, I set financial goals. I set relationship goals, um, not just for my marriage or for my family, like business relationships and relationships with my friends. Um, I set goals on having fun and going out there and enjoying the fruits of life, doing the things that we want. Um, I set goals spiritually. And uh, so I can be the, the grounded, um, calm eye of the storm when chaos is going down. And I set goals in health for like mental, dietary, and uh, physical health. So nice. goal setting is, is number one. Uh, I'd say number two is laser focus. Like I said before, in the beginning, I was doing a whole bunch of different things. As soon as I chose mobile home parks, guess what happened? A ton of opportunities showed up outside of mobile home parks, and I had to say no. And it was difficult in the beginning, but I just like laser focus. No, I'm mobile home parks and mobile home parks only, not going to look at anything else. And that was proven to be very successful for me, laser focus. Uh, and then the third one is just unstoppable tenacity. Like challenges are going to pop up. You're going to get a million no's. And you, like if, if you have a reason why you're doing it that's strong enough, then there really isn't a challenge big enough. Mm, so good. So, so good. Okay. I want to ask you in your effective goal setting model. So it sounds like you focus on different areas. So that's helped you mm -hmm. shift in a new direction. What else would you say is critical to effective goal setting? Is it, do you set numbers? Do you set, you know, do you put talk, think about your systems or your habits that are going to get you there? Or what, what does, tell us a little more. That's a big topic for people in business world. Sure. Yeah. Uh, effective goal setting. I think, well, one of the main things is making your goals measurable. It's like, okay, you've got a goal to make a million dollars, for example. Okay, cool. How, how long is it going to take to make it? And what main steps are you going to take to take to, to actually get there? If you don't, so many people come to me with goals and they're not measurable. That's not a goal. That's just a desire. A goal is actually measurable where you can quantify it and say, I'm going to do this by this time. And here's the rough plan of how I'm going to do it. And then you okay. figure out the rest. Awesome. Um, and, you know, definitely. I think the biggest thing about you know being an entrepreneur or you know being successful or creating financial freedom and, and all of these things is not the end goal that actually makes us who we are. It's it's who we become along the way of the path that we're traveling builds us to be the person that can recreate the things that we've already created, and and that's true like success. So in goal setting, a lot of my goals are, are like who am I as a person. And what do I have to do to improve my relationships from a personal perspective? And um, what, what things do I need to overcome personally to be a better business person, to be more healthy and things like this? So, yeah, it's definitely getting down to a lot of characteristics within ourselves that we want to change um, more than uh, tangible goals 
uh, yeah. the, the day. Yeah, I like that. It, it's highlighted in your in your focus on a more holistic approach of looking at, you know, financial relationship, fun, spiritual and health. It's not just what's this one number outcome. It's like, how am I going to create a holistic lifestyle that I love because I've become the person who could create those things from that perspective of the becoming idea, like yeah. an identity shift, really. Sure, sure. And like in the beginning, I was so financially driven and so driven to become successful with mobile home parks that I actually was neglecting my relationship with my wife. And I was like, she was like, hey, it's like Thursday night. Let's go out and do something fun. I'm like, no, I've got to work, blah, blah, blah. And, and I had to pull myself back from that. And I'm like, hey, wait up. Like, what am I even doing this for? Like, mm-hmm. even while we're pursuing our goals and getting laser focused, we still need to have a bit of balance in these areas anyway. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, in the beginning, I set my goals, my wife set out her goals, and then we progressed through life and then we would run into challenges together. And it's like, wait up, like we haven't checked each other's goals. We don't know where we're both going. So now we sit down and we consult with each other. We like, we set our goals together. I set mine, she sets hers, and then we set them together. And that's, uh, awesome. and, and that, that's pretty powerful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Linking it, it. I mean, I think the, one of the beautiful blessings of partnership is that you, it, like you said, when two come together, it's more than one plus one equals two. It can be one, you know, one plus one equals 10. It's mm-hmm. that exponential launching pad of support. So relying on each other and knowing what your values are and knowing what you want to create. That's awesome. It's definitely something um, I've shifted big time in the last year is my way that I set goals. Cause I was so driven and committed. I same thing. I'd be so laser focused. I would neglect other areas of my life. And I, and then I would get to the goal and I'd be like, well, wait, like I'm here now and I accomplished this, but then these other things have fallen apart. That's not what I want. And yeah. so it's, that's really, really powerful advice. So talk real quick about, I, I, um, I know listeners are going to want to connect with you and it sounds like you have an incredible home study course. So it's called the mobile home park investing home study course. Tell listeners about that because I'm sure there's people out there who are going to want to look into building their wealth through mobile home park investing. Sure, sure. So first off, I'd like to give a gift to everybody who's listening. And if you guys want a copy of your own ultimate goal setting template with instructions, then just email me, Bryce at propertyworksusa.com and I'll get you guys connected. And uh, works uh, actually is spelt with a Z at the end of it or a Z, depending on where you are in the planet. Um, so I'll offer that to, to any of you guys, just shoot me an email. Um, awesome. as, as far I'll as have, my, just so listeners know, I'll have that, the email in the show notes in case you can't remember it or driving, can't write it down. The, that'll be in the show notes. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. So like when I, when I first started having success in mobile home parks, a lot of people like, Oh, mobile home parks. I didn't know. That sounds really cool. Teach me more, blah, blah, blah. And I found myself having a lot of repeatable one, one-on-one over and over again conversations. And I'm like, Hey, I got to get people in a group. So I actually created a, a bus tour where I took students to one of my mobile home parks and I would actually show them the operations and teach them on the bus um, actually the, the first time I did that, the, the bus that we organized got canceled like two days before. And then I'm like, Oh no, what are we going to do? And then they ended up, they said, Oh, well, we're going to give you a bus. It's uh, probably not the bus you're expecting to get, but it's still a bus. And they actually gave us like a party stripper bus with like a stripper pole down the middle and everything like that. <laughs> so that kind of ended up being a bit comical, but, uh, yeah. So, so I teach people with, um, 
tours to my mobile home parks, one day course, and then also got a, a two day live event where we dig a lot deeper into how to find a park, how to put it under contract, negotiate, take it over, due diligence, everything from A to Z of mobile home park investing. So if you guys awesome. are interested in that, shoot me an email. Uh, I also teach people uh, with one of my real estate mates, Reed Goosens. Uh, we both teach people the power of syndication and the art of raising capital like a pro. Uh, same thing. That one's a one-day course, and we, we basically teach you um, what you need to do to get set up to be a successful uh, capital raiser or raising money for your investments. Awesome. So many good resources for people out there who are looking for additional ways to build their wealth. Um, and all of that will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on, Bryce. It's been a really valuable conversation on so many different levels. Um, you know, I love chatting with people about their story and providing tips for people who are out there wanting to build businesses. And really it's, it's so valuable to learn from people like you who have been there, done that and started from a place where you didn't even know what you were going to do. And then over time you, it led you into this and you've had such great success and, you know, really get to have that lifestyle freedom now that you won't have wanted to create. So thank you for coming on and sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Be sure to check out the show notes. All the links will be there. Thanks for being here this week. I, as always, I'm so grateful that you're here. If you want, I would love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this episode. Uh, some point that you got, highlight it and blast it out to social media. Help us spread the word. Help us help you build better businesses. And until next week, I hope you have an incredible Max Potential Week where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits Podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.